Maren, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well now that I have my coffee. I'm another day in New York, so not too bad. What about yourself? Yeah, doing pretty great. So can you tell us a bit more about you? Yeah, so I'm Maren. I'm an astrologer. I predict mainly world events related to finance or political things happening in the world. I also just make 15-second really cringe joke content, mainly on TikTok. And that's been my life for the past few years. Awesome. So if you think a bit about your kind of early life, what are the key events that led you to be here today doing astrology and crypto for an audience of more than 2 million people at such a young age? Yeah, so I found astrology really, really early in my life. As soon as I was learning to read, basically, I gravitated towards the horoscopes in the newspaper. And then because I didn't really have, I guess, a really like supportive, stable family around me, I started getting really into astrology to learn more about myself when I didn't really know who I was because it was just so crazy around me that I didn't have a stable like parent dynamic, you know, telling me, I guess, normal parent things about like caring or loving. Like I didn't know who I was. I didn't know why I was here or anything. So I found astrology and my own astrology very helpful to notice who I was. And then just nonstop as I got older, I was looking at other people's charts. I was like 12, 13, 14, always the girl that people would ask around their own astrology. And when I was in high school, I started learning about ethics and world religion and other parts of philosophy. And that really, really interested me. So I started looking at the astrology of more world events and more meaningful things rather than just people's charts. And then when I got to college, I was supposed to go into acting. I like got into NYU and thought that I was going to pursue what I had been doing for the rest of my life. But I realized that um, behind all of that, I really just wanted to do astrology. And I'd been doing that in the background, basically, throughout my childhood and adolescence. And so I made a major switch. I started studying philosophy so I could study mainly Greek ancient philosophy and also ethics, which really helped my astrology practice. And then when I was graduating from NYU in 2020, New York University, I happened to join TikTok randomly. A friend on a hike in Arizona told me you should get in my TikTok. I was like, what is that? She was like, oh, you should join it. Like you make funny videos and no one's doing what you're doing really. And I was like, okay. That blew up. And at the same time, I was learning about basic finance. So I didn't really intend to get into finance or crypto or anything. I grew up not knowing a single fucking thing about anything money wise. I was an actor. I, I am I'm like, no, I, I still to this day, there's a lot of things that go over my head. I do not pretend to be the, the sharpest person around numbers. But I will say that like learning about basic finance ended up being extremely interesting and almost like a passion of mine very quickly. I found it thinking about almost like how how to maintain energy and let that grow in a smart way. So I thought of it more like physics or alchemy or managing energy rather than math. I found it very different than maybe economics or statistics or things that like, I don't want to touch that. So then I started predicting the crypto market because March 2020 crash happened. I started learning about different kinds of markets and crypto really, really piqued my interest. And throughout the next few months that blew up and I was incredibly strange and bombarded and didn't really know what I was getting into and had to learn in real time and fuck up in front of everyone on every possible way. And that led me to where I am today, which is a really weird, cool intersection. It's definitely an interesting one. So just before that, like, how, how did you even get into this astrology thing? 
So when I was learning to read, yeah, when I was learning to read, my parents would give me newspapers and they thought I wouldn't want the comics or the cartoons. Next to that was always the horoscopes. And so for whatever reason, that really interested me more. And I would look that up online because by the time I was like six or seven, I, I mean, I had a computer, like I grew up with a very tech focused family, like everyone had everything. It, my stepdad was like a photographer and a graphic designer, web designer. So it was pretty normal to be like, it was not like I was on the computer all day by any means. I was a kid playing, but like we had computers everywhere. So I could start getting used to searching things online, which led me to the world of like astrology, information, videos, forums. Like I grew up nonstop reading everything I could. And I found that a little bit more interesting than other forms of personality analysis because it would allow me to see what my future would be like, which was really interesting because I was so, I was, I was really going through a lot of difficulties as a kid because of my family. And it was difficult for me to see that I would like make it out. So that was really interesting for me to see that there was a future that was indicated in my chart as well. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So now that you have kind of a bit of more of the, the basis and context, where the idea of putting yourself out there online come from? Because there's a big difference between doing astrology and then saying, I'm actually going to do that for the world. Growing up, I always used to like very seriously say, I'm going to be bigger than Britney Spears, like dead serious. I had no reservation. And then when I got older, I was a little confused that like not everyone was saying things like this. So there was always like a entertainer side of me, like no matter what I did, I don't understand people that do not enjoy like costumes, put like, I don't, I literally don't get it. I, I have no, I have no humility. I don't know. I'm just like, what, like, how are people not having fun getting up? entertaining people. So that always lent me towards wanting to do things like acting or theater or film that were very like outward based. And I didn't really pursue social media until I was in college when I started my YouTube channel. And I was posting like, I don't know, like vegan cooking with me videos, which got literally no views. Like I think I hit 20 views like a day ago, maybe on one of these videos, like no one was watching them. But I realized that if there was a little bit within me that was like, I kind of want to start doing this, maybe I'll just start posting and I won't tell anyone. That way, if I blow up, it's not embarrassing because I had such a fear of the embarrassing thing where people I knew in like high school as a teenager, if they were posting on YouTube or social media really seriously, they were laughed at, they were made fun of so heavily. And I, even though I can be very confident, I'm extremely sensitive to criticism. Like it, I don't understand people that develop a thick skin, literally like anyone insults me ever. It paint like it's horrible. So I could not, I knew that I would rather wait until I was in college. Maybe I was like alone. I had friends in college. I didn't need to tell them. Like I started posting on YouTube, very non-serious videos about my life in 2018, I'd say 2017, 2018, 2019. But I didn't really start taking it seriously until 2019 when I was like, I should start posting serious astrology. Still no views, still wasn't telling anyone. But I had enough of these videos uploaded that were pretty high quality that in 2020, when I decided to join TikTok and some joke videos blew up, I had enough really strong videos on YouTube to where there was like an archive or a library that could then blow up alongside what I was producing. So I did not intend for it to become a career, you could say. But I did not, I did not dispute that possibility. As soon as things started blowing up, I was like, wow, I always knew that I would be doing something entertainment based or something public. That was like never a question, but 
it was TikTok that got to like a million followers in, I think it was like nine, 10 months. It was like 2020 to 2021. Mm-hmm. That that was really what d- definitively showed me that this would be like my route to my career and like what I would be doing. But before 2020, I had maybe 500, maybe a thousand followers. If you combined all platforms, okay. like individually, I had like 200 followers a platform. So I was in no way big until TikTok is still to this day, 95% of my, like my content, my reach, it's all on TikTok. Okay. Awesome. So you talk about kind of not necessarily having the support from your parents when you were younger and then kind of like loving to be out there. And I, I kind of like look at a few people I know who are actually either actors or online famous. And there's always this question, do you think there's a correlation between the kind of need for recognition and validation that you might not have had when you were younger and the building of a big online following or even actually be, becoming a big entrepreneur? Yeah. So thankfully, my dad is still my best friend to this day. But I do think there's a there's a difference when it's like absent dad versus like absent mom, where the people I know as well, especially women who did not really have like a mom present, it makes you go into like high gear, productive, very entrepreneurial, very responsible, because it's like, if the person supposed to be taking care of me is not there, there's just a very early on, I think, having to become like, a little, a little businessman or like a very hardworking person. And I've said this before, like jokingly to therapists or just people when it comes to a conversation that I identified very early that if I was going to do anything in the world, it had to involve a little bit of a fuck you to my mom of like, if you didn't love me, I'm going to get millions of people to like, screw, like you miss this opportunity. So in, internally, yes. Oh my God, hundred percent. And it doesn't mean that I don't, I mean, I love what I do. Like I love making content, filming videos, obviously. And I think playing into that and going into hyperdrive or extreme, like, I don't know anyone that produces content the rate that I do. Not even to like brag, like there's more hardworking people, I'm sure picking crops or like doing something manual labor harder. But uh, I think that that pattern of I need to make every day as impressive as possible so that like I can make myself worthy to millions of people. Definitely a pattern as well as the fact that I do have like a business and an entrepreneurial side, I think directly comes from that too. And I I wouldn't say every case is like that because obviously you think about people who are given huge loans by their parents and their support. It can be a different motivation. But I think for me, at least totally in a psychological sense, there is a like it will if you didn't think I was worth it then like okay well look at all these people who do and that will never ever get solved but it's not only a problem it's just a pattern awesome so you spend a lot of time online what we often see with people who have huge followings is they are kind of playing a a role online so like what we see about you there are two different Marin or are you all the same person There is literally no difference, like at all. And people are often very shocked when they meet me and they see this, but I am so much of the same person that it often comes back to bite me because I am so transparent online. Like, I don't know what there is to hide, like at all, which means that I share things that maybe you're not supposed to, that then like other people manipulate or take out of context. I don't know. But there's absolutely no difference. I think from the, from the starting point, I understood that it would be too 
complicated or energetically draining to try to be someone online and then in real life. Like I wear cost, I wear red costumes in my day-to-day life. My apartment is empty right now because I'm I just moved in and I'm like decorating it. But like my shower curtain is covered in in blood. All the furniture I'm getting custom made, like blood spot splattered. Yeah, I have like red neon signs that are going up and there's no, no, absolutely no divide to the point where if people meet me, they can get a little bit uncomfortable with like, oh, this is literally the person in the YouTube video. I'm like, who who else would this be? I'm told that that's also like a hallmark of autism. Like there's no way for me to be anyone else. Like there's just, it's going to, it's just going to be me, which maybe, you know, that could be true, but yeah, there's no divide. I don't, I respect people who play a character. For me, I think that's why criticism online hurts so badly because if it's an attack on my character or my intentions, it's like, do you not see me showing my entire life? Like, but I understand that people are very skeptical of public figures. It's just a little weird when I'm the exact same person that was like 14 trying to film makeup tutorials I would never post. Like that's the same person now filming for millions of people on TikTok. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd say most people admire public figures one way or another that's why either they love either they hate but at least they notice and so in general people basically think probably you're jealous you know like this person has an amazing life is all the time in different hotels flying first or business class the point system which is also very interesting for me i'm so passionate about that yeah (laughs) I mean, let's talk about it quickly now, actually. I'm not a millionaire, but I kind of really understood this point system. That's why I'm always flying business or first class and I'm always in these luxury hotels. So do you want to go just yeah. a, f- a few a few words about that? Yeah. So the first thing is that there's no secret. You have to spend money to get these points. So it's not as if, oh, you just exist. Oh, I found points. Yay. No, 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 mm-hmm. no, no. It comes from spending money on credit cards that offer really good point redemptions. So if I use American Express Platinum, by far the best card when it comes to points. Often it's one-to-one, so $1 equals one point. And if you spend on travel or technology, I believe it's five times points, especially if if it's an Amex partner. So that means that if you're like me and you're owning a business over like multiple years, and often that means you're spending much more than one person. Like it's like you're paying for multiple things on a business level. That can add up to like six figures of points. Those points on Amex, you can transfer directly to Marriott and also other things like Emirates or Delta Airlines. Like There's almost every airline or hotel group partners with Amex, which is why it's so good. Um, and it transfers directly to like British Airways and Qatar Airways, Avios. It's really incredible. So because of that, I had built up like six figures of points over the past five years or so that I had not touched. So my situation was a little different than the average person because I didn't know I had any points, let alone high six figures of points after many, many years of this, because I do purchase a lot for like tech. So it was like five times, like it was a lot. So when I saw that and it was during a time when over the past year and a half, I've not really paid myself. I've been paying for a company. It was like convenient because it meant that it would cost less for me to live off points for a while until they ran out than pay for rent or do anything. Like you can't always use points. There will be certain point slots, but I'm flexible. I can pick the point slot on the airlines, which 
I am now like almost completely out of points. I'm not, I'm not, there's a reason why I'm not traveling. Like I'm, I'm out of points. I'm not going to pay this. I'm really, really frugal. Like I am, it reminds me of the extreme couponers. Like it, it ends up being really amazing, but I'm not going to go out of my way to travel this way normally. Like if it's been that way for the past year and a half and runs out, I'll just wait for my spending over the past next few years to catch up again to what it was. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's basically like kind of like crypto. You have tokens, you transfer them to another token. It's like that, but um, your credit card points into travel. And I would say that Marriott Bonvoy, like I have stayed so many nights over the past two years that my status is incredible. And I get upgrades every time I'm at a Marriott hotel to like a suite at this point. So it's basically just spending money, you get points, but American Express is the best path to that. And there's no way around it. You have to spend money to do it. And there's an an amount now, like I used it all up, but there's not a reason to save them. Okay. Okay. So basically you use the Amex for your business. So you're going to spend much more than a normal person. And then you're going to spend those points and basically those points being spent will give you better tier in the hotel at some point because you have spent so much points there. Totally. Awesome. So back to the social, what's the biggest hidden truth about a substantial social following? Because people might admire and think, oh, these people are so lucky, they're famous and they're out there and like, they're beautiful or whatever, but like, what's the biggest hidden truth that no one talks about? That when you get to a certain status, it becomes extremely difficult to trust anyone you meet. For one, there can be a weird fan follower dynamic, even if they're like your friend initially, like whenever someone really admires you, it is amazing. And I love meeting everyone, but it also means that sometimes it can feel kind of like they're just sucking up to you over and over and you're not treated like, yo, I'm just like, you don't need to be like overly nice or super obsessive. Like I meet people and there can be a little bit of an uncomfortable power imbalance because of the parasocial relationship that they've developed. I know that if you see someone on videos, especially someone like me that shares their life, it can feel like you are meeting a meeting a friend mm-hmm. when you and versus I am like, this is a, a random person that I can like show love to. And anytime I meet someone on the street it is, I love that you, uh, you deserve my the five minutes of my time, no matter where I am to make you feel seen and acknowledged without a doubt. I love that interaction. So often if I'm meeting people there is, and it's like a neutral social environment, even if they are like a fan, but I'm supposed to be meeting them like level, there can be a little bit of like a power imbalance, but the more distrustworthy thing is that people tend to want to use you up as quickly as possible because they know that a relationship with you in any way is not really possible. So they want to, I don't know, get the the video, the picture, the mention that they think will help them out socially. And sometimes that can be as far as really wanting you to come to like a party to then publicize that. There's often, there's always honestly some kind of an agenda to use you in your position. And it means that I, I don't meet anyone nowadays without wondering what they want ever, ever, ever. And it does lead you to be very well connected, but very, very alone at the end of the day. They yeah. think, oh, you're flying around the world. You must be like with all these like guys or like famous people. I'm like, bro, I am still the 15 year old alone in my room every single night. Like these things make you so distrustworthy, so closed off. The people often ask me, are you okay when I'm out? Cause I am like looking around, like, is anything going to happen? 
what are people's intentions? So mm. obviously the opportunities at Unlocks are incredible, but the, the social experiences that you have lead you to become very, very hardened and never, ever trust anyone. Okay. So what's you talked about the kind of like bit bad side, but what about the most amazing opportunity? Like if you had to talk yeah. about the one or two, like most amazing opportunities that you had thanks to your online influence. Yeah, I'd say it, there's not really been a major opportunity that I haven't just created myself. I, it, I, I'd say the opportunities come from the reach and the impact that I've had. I can't really think of anything that's landed in my lap, like a brand or an ad deal or like a, a sponsorship or like a platform that I, I guess has come my way yet. Frankly, I cuss a lot. I talk a lot about things that are not advertiser friendly. So at this point, like me looking to start a more serious podcast, I know it's going to have to be like self-funded, like no sponsor, that kind of thing, which is okay. I just need furniture first. So like I have to figure that out. But with the most amazing thing and the opportunities, I would just say the influence and the impact that I've had, and that is immeasurable. Like the human brain cannot comprehend both the level of criticism and also really loving, you know, impact that you might have in the world. I openly acknowledge, like there is a certain amount of feeling really small when you think about how much you could have improved someone's life because they can say, you know, I watch your videos every day. You've helped me and my family in this way. And it is impossible to understand that magnitude. So I think it is a, I wouldn't say humbling, but it, it puts into perspective how much, how empowered I am to keep going. People ask me like, how do you do this every day? How do you keep going? Take no days off. Absolutely. Like that every day is the same kind of routine. Like, what else would I do? Like, there's millions of people counting on me. Like, this is, there's no other thing to do. I wake up excited to do this. It's just a different incentive. Like how you are like, oh, I wake up, I need to brush my teeth. Yes. And then I film my videos. So, or I work out first, because that's part of the entire, like, I have to make sure I am in peak condition to be able to do this. So there hasn't been an external opportunity necessarily, I'd say, but there have been me creating them. And even like, I'd love to offer that up to other people who are just mega canceled or slandered by the media because I'm tired of that shit. So like, mm. I'm also like, yeah, looking to build things for that. Yeah. So you're mentioning basically you're waking up. I mean, you seem super excited about all that stuff, which is amazing, yeah. obviously. But you're mentioning basically that these people count on you. So like, where is the kind of line between enjoying doing this and this becoming an actual kind of burden, you know? So how, how much is the social following, the likes, the content delivery every day, the people who count on you, an addiction and kind of a prison versus a joy that you wake up every day? Yeah, there are days where it is not like the easiest to film, like 100%. There are days like yesterday, I had an incident where I went to go get my hair redyed. I have it black and red. And when I went in, we realized that my last hairstylist had damaged my hair. And she was like, I don't feel comfortable lightening your hair at all. It needs recovery. It needs to be like fixed. So we did some things and it ended up turning out all black because it, the dye basically, like my hair was so weak, it absorbed everything from here down, which I had a heart attack. I was like, I'm about to film things. This has removed all the color from my hair. Oh my God. Like, and then she used some remover. We worked it out. It was fine. But that mindset of like the panic and the, that's a petty example. It can be horrible things as well in my day, but that kind of thing, knowing I have to sit down and film for four hours later is like, 
I'm, I just had like a heart attack, like had to, like, there's been a lot of things. So there are days where it is energetically difficult to put on that energy in a video that is calm and collected because it, it is impossible to film a good video if you are, like, you are not centered yourself. That is the difference between the videos that I think do very well and those that don't is when I'm centered, I'm streamlined, I'm clear, and I'm intentional about what I'm making versus rambling, like, I get so fucking annoyed at specifically like women online who ramble in their videos. I'm like, shut the fuck up and give us the point. Like, I don't want to hear about like the latte, whatever, like, come mm-hmm. on, let's get it together. So there are days when I have trouble not doing that because rambling is a distraction from actually saying something important that you're scared about the criticism or whatever. Like I understand the instinctive reflex around it, but there are days where it's difficult. There's also the higher acknowledgement that I have built so much up that I can like take a day and like not film. Like it's not always a filming day. For example, today I'm posting things I pre-recorded. So it's a little bit different, but uh, there are days where it's it's not like the easiest. Like I love working out. Like it is one of my biggest passions. I absolutely love it. I am not someone that wakes up and doesn't want to work out. I actually don't understand that. Like it's my favorite thing to do in the morning. Like that's the, my favorite part of the day. But there are days where like if it's raining outside and I know I'm going to have to go through the like muck to get to the subway to go to like the gym. I am like, oh my God, like this is the last thing I want to do. Like this is really, but you fucking do it anyway because it's worth the end goal. But I also don't force myself to film necessarily if I'm not like up to speed because I have such an archive, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's just part of the, just just a normal thing, basically, everything we do. Yeah. So let's talk a bit about this kind of interesting crossroad between astrology, crypto, and social media. So crypto is still a niche for content creators, but I think the average person doesn't really realize how big the business opportunity is for social media influencers in general, but especially in the crypto market. So can you develop a bit on what you've seen around you? What are some crazy deals or things that you've seen or numbers amongst your peers that that you can basically talk about? Yeah, like crypto, crypto market specifically. I mean, I'd say maybe you can take, give an example of like non-crypto market and then give an example of crypto market. Right. I'd say for one thing people might not know is that platforms themselves pay horribly. I get millions of views on TikTok. I make maybe $200 a month. I get mm-hmm. millions of views. I get around a million views, sometimes a little bit more on YouTube every month. I get maybe $1,500 to $2,000. That's around my AdSense right now. So all in all, they pay pretty horribly. And most people are going to make their money through ad deals and sponsorships laughably, I, I refuse to do stupid ad deals. I will not take like a small, whatever, like that's just diluting my brand. They're not going to pay any, like, no, 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 I don't care. So I held out and I approached early 2022. I approached every major exchange that I was using. I was like, yo, I want one really killer sponsor to sponsor one of my videos. I vibed immediately really well with the Celsius marketing team. I was like, sweet. I was happy about it. I was public. So any of these bullshit articles saying I wasn't disclosing, who are these people? You can see my YouTube videos getting like hundreds of thousands of views. I was like sponsored by Celsius. Like taking things out of context to say I wasn't sponsored is just stupid. Like you can look at this. So funny enough, I held out for something that I was like really happy and impressed by. And as a YouTuber, I'm excited to be like, I'm getting paid for this. Like, this is cool. Um, So obviously that was horrible when like that went under and everyone's like she knew and I'm like I don't I still to this day don't even fully know what was happening I don't think anyone does like I don't I I just backed off so part of the like kind of 
I want to say game, but part of the business is you're not getting paid very well by these platforms unless you are literally getting hundreds of millions of views, you're not getting paid well. Often sponsorships are commission-based. So if anyone is saying, use my code, they're not getting paid usually for that video, which sucks. I refuse to do that kind of partnership because it just doesn't value you as a creator. Yeah. Also, as a creator, especially in crypto, anytime you're taking a sponsorship is now like a huge risk to where I will not take any financial companies unless it's like, I don't even know. Absolutely. The most yeah. traditional Wells Fargo, even Wells Fargo, maybe not, but like, unless it's a literally like, I don't even know, the most kosher, like r- normal, it is too big of a risk now. I I don't care. So you're not, I would say, at least for me, I'm not, I was never handed sponsorships left and right at all. I do approach anyone I was ever a partner with. I think it just goes into me not being advertiser friendly. So that's that. But I'd say the the business of it is you're looking to fill a commercial ad slot like any other entertainment show. And sometimes those pay horribly, sometimes they pay well, but that is how you're going to like make your money off the video if that's what you're looking to do. That's a really interesting point actually that you're raising here, which is you probably looking for, even for the podcast, actually, I'm going to be looking in the next two months for sponsors. and. You, you want like maybe two, three, four partners that are supporting, basically supporting the channel. So it's not going through these promo codes. And otherwise, like, it's just, it's just, okay, I mean, they're going to, I mean, it's the same as the, these influencers on Instagram, they're going to use them for two, three months to get some sales from their following. And then once the sales go down, because the following was basically kind of bought some, whatever t-shirts or sport brand or whatever, then they're just going to ditch the influencer and take another one. Probably same as people who sell insurances, you know, like they take you, you sell insurances to all your friends and once you're done, like they take someone else. So that's really interesting. But then the key point that you're raising is you want to go to one of the kind of top brands in the space. Top brands. And I mean, we were massive believer in Celsius, massive believer in Luna, massive believer in FTX. And then yeah. the, 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 the really interesting point you're raising now is you don't want to go, because even us, and we're, we have much fewer followers than you, but even us, we receive, I don't know, 10 emails per day from like shit projects, NFT, shit coins that say, hey, I'll pay you 2K to, to appear 10 seconds in the video there, here and there. And you're like, obviously, we're never going to do that because it's going to kill our brand. So you want to go to the big ones that are the serious ones. Right. And you're going to be paid better. But if they blow up, and we, this year pretty much everyone blew up, it's yeah. killing your brand. So like it's yeah. really a fucked up situation where it's killing your brand because you're basically telling your followers, hey, like, look, come on Celsius. They're serious. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're worth billions of dollars. They raise hundreds of millions from like pension funds, etc. Like it's serious. Or come on FTX. This is like, like one of yeah. the two top three exchanges. It's safe. Yeah. Like it's like you can get safer with Coinbase. Like, and then everything blows up. And not only your sponsorship deal like blows up, yeah. your brand kind of is diluted and 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 hurt. Yeah. And, and that was my only sponsor. Like there was yeah. like no, yeah. And then you end up think, thinking like, what do I value more? Yeah. The money to live my life or my brand. Right. And obviously you need to live life, but your brand, because you're working so much on it, is more important. 
Yeah. So in this space, it's actually very tricky. And what might be interesting to explore is maybe things that can help crypto people kind of navigate these markets through these tough times. And I mean, I'm approaching like sparkling water companies. (laughs) Like that's how, that's how innocent I want to be at this point. I think the the only kind of, I don't want to say good thing about this FTX thing is just showing that, you know, you could have been criticized for like being a, uh, have Celsius as a sponsor, but at the end of the day, like even people who didn't expect the thing about FTX got killed and that sponsor. So we just realized that realizing that, that it's much more difficult than we thought. It's It's never creators. Like it's never the creator. Like, trust me, the, anyone who is talking about, oh, you were colluding, bitch, you're jealous and you don't understand how these things work. Like I remember when Celsius blew up, the marketing team was like, we are so confused as well. Just stop posting. They were so nice. They were like, they don't don't even know. They don't even know internally what's going on. Just a few people at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, we don't know, Marin, like, please just like, like freeze. I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Like, I don't know what's happening either. And then during the time I jokingly was like, oh, I wish I would have gone with like the FTX partners. Like I was talking to like so many exchanges. I was like, and then now it's like, it doesn't matter. So there's a major conflation issue because people want someone to blame. They're conflating people who have a commercial ad slot in a video with literal international criminals it is insane like ftx could have had a commercial on your daily news it would have been no different like do due diligence i i could have done due due diligence and i would not have seen i would not have seen that and so the like there's nothing except learning from this and not trusting these companies there is no blame to creators like i don't if a creator is even apologizing it's not the right move they should not say sorry they should say oh my gosh i'm as shocked as you are i am learning yeah. from this we are moving forward anyone who's saying sorry i understand the intention but i think it's a incorrect use of your platform to either apologize or not address it because i remember when it blew up I, I was like traveling the world i was in europe i'm like i don't know what's going on either like this is weird i don't i still to this day i don't think anyone fully knows what's going on so you shouldn't blame creators but as creators we can now be like yeah i don't trust them we're gonna stick to like sock companies like that's that's all i yeah and because i've never really had a sponsor besides like i i've had no sponsors like besides like i don't have any sponsors for me it was honestly like never like i can live off very little people assume because i'm flying around the world bitch i ran out of points like that's not happening anymore so i can live off very little so i'm okay it just is the feeling of knowing that you're valued enough to be paid for a video is really nice um, yeah. So if any or sparkling water companies want to reach out to me, yeah, that'd be cool. But for now, I get it. Yeah. Basically, someone someone values what you're doing and is there to support you because they realize that, that you're trying to to help the the space move forward with yeah. all this educational stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So basically, kind of like fitting to like the next topic. And so basically, you were there doing your best every day and you have, then you take on some sponsor at some point you say, I want to take someone solid and then it blows up. And first, like you're doing your best and you get a lot of criticism because that's what happens online. And then you can get potentially even more criticism because of, because of having chosen the wrong sponsor, which at the end of the day, we just realized that they they were all pretty wrong at the end of the day, but still it doesn't change the fact that on the spot, people are very, very critical and, can go really crazy, especially on, especially on Twitter, where people kind of hide behind like fake identities or like anonymous characters. So, what's the biggest danger of being out there at the mercy of like millions of people online? 
I'd say that everyone is waiting for your downfall or trying to yank you down. I know that with like the Celsius thing, anyone who actually watched my videos was just as shocked as I was and was like, wow, Marin, like they weren't, no one who watched my videos was mad at me because if you're watching someone's videos, generally you like them. So you are on your understanding of them. So no one who watched my videos was upset. They were just like, wow, I hope like everyone here is okay. Thankfully, I don't think I had a high conversion whatsoever. It's difficult to convert followers. It's like sponsorships and commercial breaks are good for name recognition. They're horrible for conversion because if they don't have a reason to already be out and looking for this service, they're unlikely to be convinced by you. It's more for brand recognition. And I am open about that with sponsors. I'm like, if you're looking for conversion, unless you are something that is like the world's biggest product, it's more of a name recognition and getting yourself out there kind of thing. So I don't think that many, if anyone, you know, use very much at all, There were some people that reached out and like, I talked to them and like gave my condolences and it was like sad, but during that situation was a great example of people on Twitter taking other things out of context to try to make it seem like I was colluding with Celsius because I'd interviewed Alex Mashinsky. I now see that, like, I think I was being played because they asked to do an interview with me about the safety of, of Celsius, like a week before everything happened. And Mm -hmm. I, of course, I'm like, Oh, I'd be honored to do an interview. Like, I'm not even going to ask for payment. Like, cool. And of course, then I'm like, Oh my God. So with that, like being online means that you, you either, there was an actual SPF tweet of this. It was like, you either die a hero or you're on Twitter long enough to become the villain. And I kind of agree with that. In his case, that was really ominous and wow. Okay. But in most people's cases, you can have the best of intentions and be distorted beyond belief. Every online villain that I met in person and has had the chance to explain and really demonstrate their situation to me is kinder, nicer, and more legitimate of a person than anyone I've seen who is a complete like crusader for good online. This is because I think that if you're in your own lane producing your own creative work really diligently, you are not going to have the time to go after other people, even if it's with good intentions. Mm. I know this myself. If I see some argument online, I do not care. I actually, I'm like, I'm not looking at this. Yeah. Why are you following this person? Because I don't keep up with drama and you can't convince me to buy into whatever. I, I have been taking out of context too many times, so I don't buy into it. So, so I'd say that the difficulty with being a public figure and putting your life online is that like everyone, like I wouldn't say everyone, but there's a huge amount of jealousy for people that feel like they've worked harder or deserve to be there. I don't care to get into this weird algebra weighing things out about who deserved to be here more. It is, it's useless for whatever reason. I'm where I am. It's a combination of what I produce, how hard I work. And obviously like the way I look, like no one is denying that. No one is looking like if I was a guy my age, no one would give a shit. I know that. But also if I was a guy my age, I probably would be taken more seriously. Like there's, there's pros and cons. So the, the the distortion and the no way to redeem yourself in some ways because people will believe false things due to headlines is insane. And it means that I do not believe blatant headlines or accounts of things at all. In fact, it angers me that this SBF FTX situation has so much blatant, strange, like rumors, headlines thrown around. Some of them are really disconcerting around some logos that look a little weird. There's some through lines that are are weird, but there are also some personal attacks on FTX employees that 
I have friends that are close with, like mutual friends of friends who I have heard of. And I'm like, they, they're, this story is so false. Like, unless yeah. you were in the circle directly with SBF, I would not believe that these people were colluding. And it's really sad to see them being character assassinated. So I'd say that the downside of this impact and this reach is how aggressive people will be to take you down who don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, I mean, you, basically based on that, you you kind of came out a few weeks ago talking about the fact that you had it pretty rough mentally in the last two years or so like something that I found really amazing that you just came out. So can you tell us a bit more about how you think this happened and what it's linked to so we can raise awareness about like that the fact that these people who are attacking other people that actually don't know online how much impact it can have on someone right so for the first year that i was online it's like oh new person blowing up we love you like you're the new untouchable person and then when there's anything at all to grab onto it's like the world turns against you and even if these things are like literally everything that I've seen is so off base and taken out of context. It's shocking. And at first I was the person who was like, oh, you're misunderstanding me, but I am sorry for even speaking a single word. I will do better and just be quiet because it must be me. Like, oh no, poor, like, oh no. Then I learned that when you apologize and you kneel and you try to do better, that is, that is a reason for them to continue attacking you to the point of like, oh, you didn't do better enough. Like all these things. So then it got me to the flip side of, like putting my foot down and being adamant about the insanity of cancel culture of grown adults trying to play like high school game of telephone, taking people out of context that it felt like there was a point where I was like the Rolling Stone wrote a horrible hit piece about me. That was so untrue that I remember being like on the phone with my dad at 5am being like, can we do anything to make this stop? And it was this moment of like, not even your dad can protect you from this. Like, you are protecting him now with a security team because people are so crazy they're going after you and him. My understanding crypto, when there's so much money involved, the stakes are very high. But the funny mm -hmm. part is that like people mad at me for being like a 30K Celsius deal. I was like, yeah, I worked with them for two months. And that is like all I made like during that like whole like like first half of the year. So yeah. it's a little weird for people to be mad about that. But with like everything that was happening to me, I'd always been someone early on that because I had such a tumultuous early life, I didn't know if I wanted to live to 18 or not. Like, I was really open about this, honestly, like at school. I didn't know you weren't supposed to talk about this until, like, I remember teachers were, like, made me feel bad about so openly being, like, I don't know if I want to live, like, or not. So it's always been something that has been, my, I've been interested in, in a very neutral way. And so when things started getting so horrible online to the point of, to this day, I do think there, there may be more people who don't believe or who dislike me that then do like me, which I don't have, I don't want to like weigh out whatever. Okay. But it felt so overwhelming that I thought I will never be able to redeem myself. It's over. Like I literally should just kill myself. And every single time things would die down, anytime I had a big win or something good happen to me, it was an excuse for more people to come on board the hate train and either reactivate or bring up new things that they were accusing me of. And I never would have really identified myself as someone who would like, even though I've always been a little bit edgy or like provocative and spoken my mind, I didn't think that it would turn into th this really clear, like 
constant defending myself against being a fraud. Like that is weird to me. That is the very strange. And looking back, it's been an interesting through line of my life because I work so quickly and do so much at a young age that people do want to accuse that of being not me, that they're like, there's no way that could be you. I mean, I was so young finishing every test or exam so early that people constantly thought I was cheating. No, I guess I just read faster, do things faster. I can be careless because of that. I can get things wrong, but never has it been like frauding, taking like, no, no, no. It's always just been me. So that has led me ongoing to be like, literally, I don't want to be a part of this. This is so uncomfortable. And because like I said, I feel, I don't understand the concept of thick skin, like things hurt. It's about how do I get over that hurt faster? Or how do I make myself feel better in other ways? I do. I am not someone that's like, oh, I'm becoming thick skin. So anyone who's like, just shut the computer, that doesn't really work for mm. me. At least. Maybe for you, it does. I think guys have an easier time with this. Maybe it's just the testosterone, but like, you're, if, if someone's mean to me on the street, someone's going to have to go in my apartment and cry. Like it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm like a kid. And so because of that, it does lead me to openly discuss this kind of thing because I didn't know that a lot of other public figures are in the same boat as me. Actually, I've talked with people openly, like who are creators and public figures, and they have gone through very similar considerations, but they don't talk about it. And I think that for me being so unfiltered and open, I'm going to talk about it if it's what I think about a lot. So thankfully, like if I'm able to talk about it, I'm probably not at the point where I'm like, am I going to do this? Mm. But I think it's important to be open because people don't realize that like you having fun, like it's kind of like a public execution. I think that back in the middle ages, people like killed one another and like cheered and watched. Now it's like cancel them. Let's take them down. Let's watch. Not cool. Like it's not worth it. And unless you literally have like a crime in person to accuse me of, like, shut up. It's, it's not, it's not funny. What do you want to tell to the, the haters out there? You don't understand. Like you're talking about things you do not understand. Anyone in crypto who's trying to go after me for ad deals, you do not understand how those things work. You yeah. live alone. You hate public figures because you're jealous that you cannot do anything yourself publicly because you're too scared. So there's no reason to hate these people putting themselves out there and their like their reputation on the line because they do like, no, no, no. I'd say that often you do not understand. And there are more impressive ways to become known in the world than being known for pulling other people down. It's not something sustainable that even if you think like, oh, wow, I can clout chase and pull this person down so I can get higher. I am not a threat to you. Like, I don't know who you are. I don't care. So I think the really important thing is like my presence does not threaten you. Go do your own thing. Be your own amazing person. I don't care about you. I don't need, I'm not going after you. There's nothing that about me that is threatening to you. So there's no need to feel like you need to take me down. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't have the context. You don't understand how much Ever. it took to basically build all this following. People don't understand and just take some facts out of context and don't think and don't don't even yeah, they don't even take the, the one moment to think and yeah and, uh, and, and look at both sides of the story. Absolutely. So yeah. so so what's the effect when you on you when you read a, a negative online comment? Yeah. Immediately it's like oh my God, this is so out of context. Oh, I can't believe it. Like, let me go in. Let me make this person understand. They will dis they have already decided if they're on your side or not before they've even read the full headline that people decide what side they're on and then choose actions to honor that. 
it is so rare that someone is open-minded and going into something with an objective look. Like there's even my followers who think I can do nothing wrong and therefore go into every situation and are like, but I love Marin. Like, no, even though like literally I'm, I've not done anything illegal. Like in these cases, I haven't done anything wrong. Both are just defending their current mindset. They're not exactly open-minded. So my reaction is like, oh my God, I need to defend myself. I need to explain. No, you don't get it. But that's not really going to help. It's just going to give them more to comment on. So it, my reaction is like disgust usually or shock at what people make up, especially when it's character or personal life. Because if you know me, you know, I'm literally the most like, I do my videos. I go see friends for like 15 minutes for coffee. I go back, I edit videos. I go to sleep. Like I live a very normal life. life. I live a very small life. So anything that's like a, a huge conspiracy, especially like personal and like relationship accusations, I'm like, who are these men claiming I've slept with you? Come forward. Because I, I, I'd honestly be like, who, who are you? Like, I, I have no idea what this is about. So those kind of things, it is disgusting for me to read. But usually it is a block. It is a move on. I do not have the time to engage with people with no profile picture. Mm. So, so what about the positive ones? Even encouraging comments versus negative comments. And if there is kind of like a balance out there. Yeah. I think that as humans, we are more sensitive to negative stimulus than positive stimulus, just naturally based on survival. So it's difficult for me to internalize anything positive. It's something ongoing throughout my life I've struggled with. Like for most of my life, if someone in person was nice to me or giving me a compliment, I had to unfocus my eyes refuse to take it in for whatever reason, it's really, really difficult for me to accept compliments. It almost made me feel like, do not get soft, like rejected. I'm still understanding why that is. I don't have an answer for why that is, but at this point I can look someone in the eye, say, thank you. And I don't pull the whole, oh, I love your shoes too. Rarely will I like, no, no, I just say, thank you. I move on. I'm trying to, and working on getting to the point where both the negative and the positive in one ear out the other, I'm very good at the positive stuff. Cause whenever someone tells me something positive, generally, if it's someone I don't know personally, I don't take it to heart. I take it as a data point. I'm like, I'm glad like this is a reinforcement for what I'm doing, being helpful with negative comments. I think that unless they're constructive, which literally 0% are like, if it's constructive, usually the, 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 the people who have constructive criticism are usually telling you like in person or through your manager or something that's like a little bit different than a public comment. So those I'm learning to like completely just breathe in, like out working out helps that a lot. I feel like that is a way that I relieve energy in general. I don't think about my haters and punch them. I have no anger, literally no anger. That's not what I do. In fact, my working out is like, I don't know. I, I lift and like I do things, but it's not aggressive. Like I'm, I don't know. I'm not an aggressive person. So I try to feel the positive and the negative as data both. Right now I'm an extremely fear-based, like I'm just naturally someone who is very sensitive to, to negativity, but I'm learning to interpret both as data points because I don't want to get attached to either. Yeah, absolutely. So you're saying you're you're working out, is there something else you're doing to, to get better, basically? And, and, and what has been the most impactful on you to, that has worked the best to help you improve yeah. on that lifestyle-wise? So thankfully throughout my life, I've been extremely healthy. I don't understand the incentive not to be actually. I think I don't receive rewards for high-risk behavior. So I don't like roller coasters. I don't like going out. 
I don't engage in any kind of risky relationship whatsoever. You cannot, like, if it's not logical, I do not care. Like, it's very much like you, you cannot win me over. I tried as a teenager to be like cool into weed or drugs. They all scare me. I literally don't want, I've never touched Adderall. It scares me. I'm extremely like rigid in a way, which makes me, I don't want to say I'm not boring, but if you call me after 10, I am offended that you thought that I would leave my bed and like go out. I'm like, are you kidding? Or you asked me like, what are you doing? Block. I don't want to speak to you again. Like, no, no, no. Cause I'm, I'm not doing anything with you. Like I'm in bed unless it's an emergency. Don't call me. So General healthy lifestyle from a very early age, because I didn't really have a mom feeding me, meant that I was researching nutrition at like 11, 12, went vegan by 16, which for me has caused no problems because I never was crazy. I never ate all bananas or all potatoes or anything. I'm a big fan of like beans, tofu, tempeh, like just balance your macros, eat depending on your requirements of gain, loss, maintain, like maintenance. It's just kind of like math to me. And it means I can cook things I love. Really great. I'm a big fan of like overnight oats and like I make my own like granola. And I think that's really fun as well as have a like curry almost every day. I love making curry. So eating an abundance and variety of plant-based foods. I love that. I'm not going to ask anyone else to go out and do that. Depends on your situation, everything. I used to be more of a militant vegan. I still have the same ethical arguments, but I understand that everyone's life is a little bit different to the way that they're contributing to the world. So like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, don't get into that argument. There's no way to come into that argument or that debate neutral. I know that if they're going to find veganism. They're going to find it on their own. I honestly don't care about other people. Like I just focus on myself, but that's an extremely positive thing for me because I find cooking meditative and creative. And finally, after like six months of travel, I'm in an apartment where I can cook. And that's been incredible. Psychologically, I think strength training has been insane to me because it means that I can get stronger every day at something and handle stress a little bit easier non-physically. I think that like, I recommend everyone lift weights. I think psychologically it is so, so helpful. Mm. And for women, like you will not get bulky. Like literally my clothes don't fit any differently. I just look better. So like, am I going to get, am I not showing, but if I was getting bulky, cause I'm like lifting I, oh my God, I didn't think I could lift this much. And then I started working with a trainer and it feels really cool. But that psychologically is a really, really a big difference. And cardio is fun for me, but I've been a cardio athlete like my whole life. So for me, that's just like normal to do a bunch of cardio on a daily basis, not daily, but a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. The strength training is actually a game changer. And same with food. Actually, they say, oh, I just, I want to lose weight. I should stop eating or eat less. Actually, eat a lot, eat a lot of protein, eat good right. carbs and low fat, and you'll see a massive difference. Is there something you want to add on that? Uh... I'd say around like health and the, that priority in your life, I I don't at all glamorize or glorify the like, oh, staying all, out all night partying entrepreneur. No, 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 no. I, I see nothing in that. I am not this like crazy DJ. No, like I don't drink. I have not had a drink since I was 17 when quickly I was like, I don't like this. I'm not into it. So I'd say like, sure, maybe I'm like edgy, like collect red, wear laundry, whatever. But I'm like, I I wouldn't even say green juice because I prefer to eat whole greens. I'm like that much of a health person where I'm like, instead of juicing, I just prefer to eat my foods whole because then you get the fiber and you get everything. But I'd say that that is like baseline I do not glorify staying up all night working. I work all day, but when it's not day, I go to bed. Like I'm not staying up. That is a net negative. 
I think I attribute a lot of my success to like nearly an entire life of extremely strong routine and priorities around that. I um, know that that has largely prevented me from like the young 20s, like hookup culture, dating culture kind of thing, which I'm so thankful for. Like I have no, no baggage scars from that. I'm like, you guys have fun with horrible habits and everything like that. But I think I attribute like a large part of why I am where I am just due to the like really positive rigidity of my life and how I mm. love it. So yeah. for anyone who's like, I want to get to either where I am or go beyond it. Cause I'm like, I'm not happy with where I am. Like I'll go beyond this, but it has to start with like your life and your priority. You cannot expect to go from like eating like shit, moving, not moving to then being like ultimate amazingness. Don't take my like physical stature as proof. Cause I mean that like, that's not a motivation, but think about like the productivity that you could have when you feel your best. I think that that is like the baseline for anyone to achieve their best. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's an amazing way to basically finish this, uh, this podcast today. It's very, very underrated. And I see it with people I kind of hang out with, which is, ah, oh, you're eating so clean or, ah, oh, you, you're a bit boring. You don't want to go out or, Ah, uh, let's go get smashed or whatever. You know, the people who are the most successful, they're they're just have their routine. Most people don't understand that. Oh, you don't want to socialize. I mean, socializing is very important. Obviously, sometimes we all get a bit too too much into the thing that we're doing. Yeah. But that's how it works basically, and it's kind of like kind of boring for most people to just think like, oh, this is just what you're doing, just repeating the same all the time, and you're not having fun. You know, you're not drinking. Like for me, it's that's in, the main few, one. They're like, in a few how do you years not with this stupid like, alcohol shit that like, oh, you know, drinking what's happening. But like the day after you, your head doesn't work, like your brain doesn't work. It doesn't mean you should never drink, but like do it once every now and then. Yeah. And because, you know, you're keeping your thing for the people who are like, how don't you drink or how do you do that? I literally am not surrounded by anyone in my life who even like, I forget that I don't drink. I forget. I, I'm very extroverted. I see, I have, I have to see a friend on a daily basis. That is like a requirement for me sometime in the day. I, I, we don't like drink. I like literally, it's not like my friends don't drink, but I've never seen any of them drunk. I have no drama with my friends. So I'd say you can change your life based on the people that you interact with who are on the same page. It does not mean that they're boring at all. Like, I don't know, I'll go with my friends and do like stupid shit or just like kid-like shit, but I'm not missing anything and I feel amazing. And I think it's why like with no makeup, even if my tattoos are covered, like I look like 16, 17 because mm. I yeah. just- That's the next thing. That's the next thing actually. That's the next thing people always say. I mean, you're not there yet, but people always say you're going to school, you're in like your late teens, early twenties, and then you meet when you're 30 and there are those who look like they're 20 and there's those who look like they're 40. And you can tell the lifestyle they had in between. And it's once you're in your flow and everything and your motivation, it's so valuable that you just don't want to want to get out. And right. that's yeah. where it matters to, to meet people who are similar, like-minded and understand that. And we actually push you towards like pushing yourself and continuing instead of telling you, yeah. oh, you're boring and why don't, don't you drink and so on. And if you love what you do, like people are like, how do you work nonstop? I'm like, if I could film videos 24 hours a day and not need sleep, I would do it. It's just unfortunate that I had to do the boring stuff like hashtags, like, oh my God, if like on TikTok, you can't pay an editor to do all that for you. So I have to do it all myself. But mm -hmm. when you find something that you love, 
it obviously you need to take time for maintaining yourself, but it's different than like, I've never had a nine to five job that was boring or that I didn't love. And that is something I'm lucky in that I did not need to take anything on in college, et cetera. Like make the most money you can to be able to do the thing that you love if you need that. But um, it's not like I just like tonight, there's something I may go to that's like socially, but I'm weighing out, like, would that be worth getting like my, getting out of my routine? Exactly. And, like, out and I have a hard 11 PM cutoff for any kind of event. Cause I don't want to stay out. Like, I don't give a shit if it's a rude exit. I will Irish. I you won't see me. I'm going to leave. So uh, the priority is really strong. Awesome. Awesome. That was amazing. Thank you so much for your honesty and transparency and just stay like you are. It's amazing. <laughs> of course. Anytime. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. 